Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. Hello, guys. Hello. We've I've decided that we do a bit of a different one this month, given that it's October and it's Halloween time. Yeah. So I'm going to do as many horror films as possible this month. Can I just say that horror films are my least loved genre of film? Well, prepare to have your mind changed. Okay. Because you don't know which film we're about to watch. No, that's true. It stars a BAFTA winner, as you've never seen him before. Okay, so that restricts it to male BAFTA winners. A legend of the English theatre. Okay. And a former star of a current franchise. Of a topical franchise, even. Of a topical franchise. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> show, show me, show me. I want to know. Well, prepare to be horrified by Creep. Oh, now, hold on. I think... I might have... I think I've heard of this. This is a... Oh, no, why is it a He's reading the back of the DVD. I'm reading the back of it. Blah, 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 blah. This isn't one which is a remake of... No, it's not. Okay. What's that one with that's set in the London Underground? Deathline. Oh, right. So this stars... Franca Potent. Potent? Potente? Potenta. Potenta. She's good. like her. That is the only person who's mentioned by name. Because so she was in the Bourne movies. Yeah. And other things. But, but I'm saying she's the only person named in this. But it also stars... It <laughs> names all kinds of people. Okay, I haven't read the small stuff. I just mean on the blurb. Well, I hope you're looking forward to this. Okay. Because uh, we're going to watch it now. Good. And then we're going to find out what you think about it. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> That sounds fun. journey into the depths of a city, or a voyage back through time, with the years peeling away with every flaw you descend. But how far must you go until the past meets you the other way? My name is Jeremy Phillips, writer, critic, and cellar dweller, and you are listening to Cinema Limbo. Tonight's film is Creep, the British horror film from 2004, starring Franca Potenta and Sean Harris, and my guest is scientist and skeptic Ed Bloomer. You rejoin us after watching the feature one gloomy evening in his South London abode. It wasn't very good. I mean, it wasn't terrible. 
low budget horror films have a sort of reputation of being sort of disposable kind of rubbish. And it wasn't quite that bad, but it was pretty bad. It's pretty boy. It was pretty boring. No, don't you think? No, I don't think so. Okay, so of course, as always, the whole point is this is uh, underrated films. Yeah, okay. it's 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 not a well known film. No, no, no. I would imagine if you asked a hundred people, none of them would. None, have none, none of them would have would have. Uh, they, I mean, there are cliches abound. So um, yeah, but I would argue that it's a very good quality version of Terrible. what it's trying to be. No, it's it's a B movie. It, yeah. It's it's very clearly B movie, but I'd say that it's like the very high end of that in terms of it's doing it what it's allowed to do. Yeah. It's a it's a scary monster movie. I suppose. It's got scary bits in. It's I'd say it's quite moody and atmospheric. It's got a good creepy looking monster. Yeah. Do you know what the budget was? I don't actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was kind of cheap, but it wasn't. I think they made the most of it. I was surprised. Like, I, I don't think it was. Yeah, it was. You know, they, they resisted the temptation to do lots of handheld kind of Blair Witchy style nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it's all. Uh, I don't like found footage stuff generally. No, 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 it no. It tends no. to be quite lazy. But even just. Yeah, I, I guess the, the but that kind of budgetary shortcut. Instead, it's yeah, it's looks. They've made an effort for it to look proper. Yeah, it's like with the John Carpenter's Halloween. That was made for three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, but a big chunk of the budget was spent on getting good quality cameras right. that could shoot in widescreen because it would make yeah. it look more expensive. And then this, they've gone to the effort of like we're shooting it well let's light everything well I, I suppose yeah I think to make it, everything look as good as it can yeah I guess if you'd um, if they'd had more money they would have just enlarged the scope of what they did rather than perhaps the quality of the yeah, yeah the lighting or whatever so yeah yeah so it was a, it was a it was a new movie um I didn't much care for it, but it was a. I mean, it's like you know. it's like you know in the sixties and seventies, this kind of thing was the bread and butter of the British film industry. This oh. is what this is what was funding, like the new Ken Russell Nicholas Rogue movies. It was the fact that studios in the UK were were churning out stuff like this. Yeah, and but I think it's a shame that that doesn't really exist anymore. But isn't it inevitable that as things move on and as people have collections of DVDs and and and. Essentially, home entertainment becomes cheaper. You don't need to just go and see what's on, or you don't need to. Nobody's. I don't know. I mean, when I grew up, I remember the. So I grew up in a little village, and so the local shop had some VHS tapes at the time. So it had that selection. So you went, if you wanted to rent a movie, uh, you went and you looked at the the selection. It's not like Netflix, it's not like, uh, you know. I, mean, I suppose people can download stuff and uh, you, yeah. know, you don't have that vast library so these things which are just kind of filler in some sense surely it's inevitable that you're going to move on from that yeah I suppose so but it's kind of a whole lost genre in a way the, 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 the good quality British horror movie doesn't well it doesn't say it doesn't really exist no, it but does you do get, but they're, you do they're, get they're, lore. they're intermittent at best yeah but I think if you're, if you're going to do a, a low-budget thing, then you've really got to have something to say, surely. You've got to do something that other people 
don't, or you're really just straightforward going for can you re- recoup your costs, right? And it's those sorts of movies that don't see the insides of cinemas, I find. The ones that are very obviously um, the, not the, where the producers are not movie producers, they are financiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. Saw, a friend of mine lent me a film recently to, as a suggestion for cinema, Limbo, called Back in Business, which was Dennis Waterman and Chris Barry and Martin Kemp, and it was a. This sounds amazing already. It was I, a, um, it I want was, to see that more. It than... was a, it was a con movie. It was like a very very low rent Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And it went. Not only did it go straight to DVD, I've never seen it on sale ever. And the only reason my friend has a copy is because he did ADR work on it. Right. Okay. And he said it's one of the worst films he's ever seen. I still want to see it though. If you don't, it's really terrible. It's not even entertainingly terrible. So do you, was it? I mean, was it just a failure, or was this like some elaborate tax? Tax. Uh, sort I, can, of, well, uh, I, can, I can imagine that there was a certain level of legal <laughs> tax, <laughs> tax yeah. avoidance, but use of tax breaks. Yes. In the, you know, in the same way that you can with an ISA. But um, a, a lot of films get made like that that are just an attempt to recoup costs. This is a this is a way of investing money and to generate a return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No interest in creating a quality product. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, in some ways, that I mean, that probably does lead to to things, right? I mean, it it. Um, you know, even if you are cutting your teeth doing ADR for that sort of thing. Oh well, he's no, he's quite happy doing ADR. No, no, but, 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 but what I mean is, you're going to end up doing ADR on a good film, perhaps. Oh, he has, he's, yeah, yes, yeah, no, he but, does ADR on everything. That's but that's not the point. Yeah, but, 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 but no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, if you decide right, I'm going to be I'm going to be a director, you can't just say, "Hey, Fox, can I have a hundred million dollars to make a superhero film?" Like you've got, like, I guess, I mean, there, there's going to be a whole. Generations, if you like, or whole you know, talent pools of people that do work and they get better at work and they and they do yeah. better work itself and you know so um, you know there's I guess there is a place for even even if the the nature of the financing behind it is not particularly good that doesn't mean that there aren't lots of people that are doing these things that aren't going on then to make these hundred million dollar not that hundred million dollar films that that no, apex but, of anything but, but uh, you know a a a major project over which they have a degree of artistic control. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Christopher Smith, the writer-director of Creep, has made a number of movies since then. Okay. Um, Triangle. Uh, it's just supposed to be quite good. Yes. I, know, uh, I haven't seen it, but it's supposed uh, to be pretty good. Black Death. Which is a, I think, English uh, That's not good. But it's... It frequently turns up on the Horror Channel. I ought to keep an eye out for it. It's um, with Eddie Redmayne and Sean Bean. Yes. Uh, it's it, it's a, a bit of a good movie that then it's just it's very it's deeply unsatisfying but it, but what I do I mean I do think that there's a kernel of an idea there and also with Black Death Black Death's kind of interesting the idea of kind of witchcraft and is it witchcraft or is it just kind of well anyway let's not get uh, <laughs> sorry that's me getting off topic but it, um there's a kind of a good idea here, like it's, of, you know, like a good little horror thing, a kind of little brainworm. Uh, you know, what's it like if you're trapped on the underground, and you know you can't 
and there's no way if you can signal anyone that you're yeah yeah in. that's a good little thing I, think, I mean that's like you know I know that you know the tide has risen and now we're trapped on this little island exactly you know yeah. or you know there's only the lighthouse in the distance and then it turns out the lighthouse keeper's a monster yeah something like that you know <laughs> so there, I mean there is a good little uh, kernel of an idea it, it's that thing you know not many monster movies survive you actually seeing the monster yeah and I think this is the same like oh no I've got to disagree with you there well no no I mean I think the, mon- the monster's quite well done especially you know if it's a lower budget thing but I once once he was on screen I just thought fuck I don't really care anymore. It's just... I think the movie divides quite neatly in two halves. The the first half is Kate going down into the earth. Yes. Until she gets captured by Craig. Yes. And the second half is going back up again. Yes. And I did think the bit where they were in this sort of semi-submerged cages, I sort of, I sort of thought, oh, OK, it's going to open up now because there's clearly not just the thing going on Be- that you think at the start and I thought it must be that because otherwise this doesn't support its own weight right he's just started murdering them tonight well they said they said that homeless people have gone missing recently yeah but he kills drivers multiple drivers and the security person and the two people at the start so oh no no he doesn't he only kills one of them he captures the other one okay but they've been missing for a while right Uh, possibly just the same night okay same day, yeah. maybe. So, that's the thing, it ramps up too quickly. It doesn't support itself, you know, as a thing that could... It's not creepy enough. It would be much creepier if, if there were just, oh, it's homeless people have gone missing, but you don't know where they are, so, you know, that that's who he's eating or doing something to, or whatever. And that could kind of support itself, and then she stumbles upon it. But murdering loads of people... You just sort of think, well, where's this going? I mean, you want the characters to survive, I suppose, or you want the main characters to survive. But you're like, well, if she doesn't, there'll be an investigation after a while. Has to be. But he can't sweep that under the carpet. That, that, I'm just saying that's, that, that's, a, that's a flaw. It's not... It's, um, so you didn't find yourself invested in Kate's story? No, and I, I just and thought... Was it, was it because she starts at the movie at least as a really terrible person yeah but even that's so nakedly kind of obvious it's like oh she's she's an arse yeah she'll learn her lesson and become a bit more sympathetic well that's well, you know that's how character arcs work you know that's that, that's classic it's just it was just poorly done I thought right I mean again I think you could watch him go like if, if someone had never seen films before you could kind of take that no, it, but that or, or like you know like a, like a first first year film course of some sort, right? You could be like, hey, look, you know this this is how you introduce a character that you know has you know a flaw or has something that they're that is going to be transformed over the course of it. Look, there's the arsehole guy who yeah, we have to really make a c- completely I, bad because I like the way he's written because it's his dialogue. I think sounds. Like something that that kind of person would say. See, that I, kind ju- of, I just think even that whole so, predatory. Well, he's a creep. Yeah, but it was so on the nose. It, it really was like we have to make this guy baddie, like a baddie, baddie, baddie. Yeah. Because otherwise, what happens to him is terrible. 
in some way. But but, but, but there's a disconnect because then you have the people that are kind of all right. You don't want to get too hung up on him being horribly injured. You don't want the film to stop dead. Yeah. Which is the risk in if you have a like a sympathetic character who's horribly injured halfway through the movie. There's a th- in the original King Kong. There's a bit where a um, bunch of the sailors on the island are thrown down a pit by Kong and are eaten by giant spiders. Yeah. And they had to cut that out of the movie because the audience was just completely stopped out. That was so horrible that yeah. they couldn't get invested in the rest of the movie. So by making Guy just a really unpleasant character and then something horrible happens to him. But Kate still tries to save his life. And that's like the, she's like being pushed into developing as a character. Even though he's even though he tried to rape her, she's yeah. actually still trying to save his life. Yeah, no 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 again, like it's it, it's the the parts are there. Like all the bits are there. It's just they're not quite connecting yeah. the way you want. Like it wasn't he wasn't like a funny baddie. Like he wasn't like it wasn't grotesque. It was just it was, I mean, it was kind of it, horrible. It was, yeah, because it, it was, it was creepy. realistic, yeah. I think, because yeah, yeah. that is, yeah. sounded like and, the sort of person to do that. And do you know what? I think, I think it would have been a much better film if they had cut off the start bit and it just been, uh, you were straight into it. It's just, it, and, and you'd filmed it in a, in a way that suggested it was going to be like a kind of party thing or, a, or even, even a rom-com or something. You filmed it like, right, you start with Kate, and through a series of mishaps, she's had to take the, the tube, and then she falls asleep. Right. And then you would have a shift in tone, and then people wouldn't know what was going on, and you'd feel kind of more confused and lost, and that would be scary. But when you have that really kind of... That kind of... The opening is... The opening bit is too long to be... It's not snappy. Yeah. I, and the thing is, I, I quite like the interplay between the two people, but again... It's like, well, when the music strikes up, you know you're watching a horror film. Again, if you've seen films before, you just think, well, okay, someone's going to jump out of the darkness and get something. Oh, right, there we go. And now we're on to the next thing. wonder how these will connect up. Whereas, you know, I just think, you know, if you started with something that seemed to be one type of film and had changed that. Right, uh, I see. As, as, the, as the way of sort of pulling into this kind of weird underworld I set up. What did you... Now, I did give you the, 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 uh, the clues about the three actors in the movie. Oh, well, the three actors you were giving me clues about? Sorry, honestly, I literally... I looked at the text message like, ah, yeah, yeah I've got stuff to do. So, so sorry, right, a BAFTA... So it was clues about three different characters. Are you saying three, three different clues? actors? Right. Okay. And one of them, one of them, I, I pretty much told you before we started watching, which is a former star of a current franchise, and that's Franca Patenta from the Bourne movies. Right. Okay. I like her. I mean, I think she's, I think she's good. She's very good. She's uh, quite, or she, at the time certainly, she was a, quite a name in Germany, right? In German horror movies, and that was uh, a major element in the is, movie getting made. Is this a remake? Of, no, it's an original of, script. It's not a remake of Deathline. No, not Deathline, but I, has it been remade then? No, there isn't another recent horror movie called Creep, but it's a completely different plot. 
And that, weirdly, that is a found footage movie, but okay. it's totally unrelated. I just, I kept thinking, I'm sure there's another, like, a European movie set in the... Well, weirdly, it is a European movie, because apart from the stuff that's obviously filmed on the London Underground, yeah. it was filmed entirely in Luxembourg and Germany as a condition of getting European funding, yeah. and German funding in particular. Yeah, but quite a lot was just filmed in Charing Cross. Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Like um, the 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 kind of sewage bit, the partly submerged thing, was filmed. That was a studio set. Mm. That was all purpose built. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it doesn't look it. It looks totally real. All the I think the the design work in the movie is fantastic. Yeah, it's good. It's it's uh, fairly seamless, or it, yeah, and it's, seamless it's, might not be the right word, but it's it's there's effort. Yeah, there's yeah. real effort. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like cardboard sets and, and no, 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 no. shaky walls and things. Like when there's a bit where they're having to kick bricks out, and then those look as if they're like probably like real bricks. <laughs> or, or and it's I think it's maybe a combination of that and Vast Blackwood's acting that he's acting as though these bits of balsa wood are heavy lumps of rock. Okay, so sorry that so that was one. Clue. That was Franco Potenta. Okay, what was your other clue? Legend of the British Stage. Sorry, you, I, I'm lost. Uh, it was Ken Campbell, who plays um, Old Man Sewer Worker, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, Arthur. Arthur. Is that right? Yeah. It was Arthur. Oh, okay. He's, he was a very famous uh, theatrical impresario, notorious weirdo. He okay. staged the longest ever play for the British stage, The Warp, which ran for nine hours. Okay. He is uh, worth reading about because he was an extraordinary man. And he seems to have just turned up in this low-budget international horror movie for a laugh. Well, it's probably going to be on set for a day. Just yeah, yeah, a couple of Probably on holiday in Luxembourg and they just found him. You might remember him from an episode of Faulty Towers, perhaps? I'm afraid my knowledge is uh, not the as anniver- as The anniversary party where he's uh, one of Basil Faulty's friends... Who talks a lot like this? Hello, Baz! Okay, I'm going to have to go and look him up. I'm afraid that didn't... Uh, that didn't... Uh, it's one of my finest impressions. Oh, no, that's fine. I just, I'll just assume it's flawless. The BAFTA winner uh, of the remaining cast, of the remaining seven actors well, in the movie... Well, it's going to be Jimmy, isn't it? No, it's going to be the dog. It's the same dog as the dog from Frasier. He does look like the dog from Frasier, doesn't he? Uh, uh, Sean Harris. It's Sean Harris, yeah. yeah, who plays Craig the monster. Well, he is good. Um, He's very. It's a. He, he apparently he stayed in character, the entire time he was in the makeup, and one day in the makeup he was enclosed in this for twenty three hours, which apparently was a world record, I think. Yeah, and I mean he's he's. It's a very good performance, I think. He's really thought about how he would move and because it's all kind of semi-human and semi-rat-like yes and it's weird bits of movement and body language and yeah um yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's doing a good job at a not very good job it would a good, have been, it would a have good been, job. <laughs> not it would have been role. very easy to like just cast a stuntman in that. 
that. Like in like the later Halloween movies, where Michael Myers is just a, just a stuntman in a mask. Uh, it's, it's certainly you know it's, it's, a, it's a it's a performance that requires a proper actor, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean certainly you know they've gone from a you know they they don't try and do a sort of um, big lumbering guy or a kind no, of he's big, obviously strong person. Um, although that does then make you think how he manages to do some of the stuff he does. But anyway, it's, it's a, it's a, there's a different wiry. sort of physicality. Yeah, physicality he's it. very lean. Yes, yes. He's got a uh, big head. Well, I don't think that's all Sean. Well, Sean has yeah, the big guy. The bit where but he bashes his head against the side of the cage, that was improvised on the take. I and can then, believe it. And they were worried that he'd actually hurt himself, but it was cushioned by the, the prosthetic. Well, because Sean Harris is a weirdo. He is a very odd guy. I, I don't know if he is. I think he's just. He see. I've seen interviews with him, and he does seem to be quite strange. I think he's just very shy. As a like, I think he's. I think he's just not. He's not the kind of person that likes to talk about. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he likes doing interviews. I think he. He seems quite a normal sort of. Um, his his BAFTA speech was. Oh, but I think quite, he, yeah, I think that's quite him. good. He, I could barely understand a word he was saying. He was mumbling so much. But that's he the, looked so uncomfortable. Oh yeah, but I think he was. I mean, I don't think that's some affectation, I suppose. No, like, the, but I mean, the, famously there were complaints about um, was it? I mean, it wasn't Jamaica in that he won the BAFTA for. It was um, Southcliffe. But Jamaica in that he was in. Was was he, lot, in that? he was in that, and there were a lot of complaints because he was mumbling. Oh yeah, but it wasn't just him, was it? It was everybody. But he does it in everything else, though, as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm... it's it's ironic that when Craig finally speaks, he actually has very good diction. He has better diction than almost any character Sean Harris has played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah, I don't know. I like, I like him. I think he's good. Uh, he is a very good actor. He's very good in Mission Impossible um, Five. Yes. Uh, Rogue Nation. Yes. Um, but she plays the villain, and he's very, he's very menacing and quiet mm-hmm. and still. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, now, I saw the movie doing a cinema release at the Mile End Genesis. I, I don't know it, I'm afraid. It's in Mile End. It's a nice little local cinema. And it was right in the little basement screen. And there were literally maybe four other people in there. One of them was Sean Harris. <laughs> he just he was watching. At, he was at every showing. Every peeping, showing. peeping through a grill. <laughs> I can believe that. And did you enjoy it at I that did, point? I did enjoy it very much. It made a big imp- thought, impression on me. Because I love the whole idea of hidden London. Because London, London has such a, uh, a rich history as a city. And that the idea that there are all these tunnels and mysterious bunkers and yeah, cor- like corridors a... full of dusty things and all the closed down stations. Like at, the, at the end of the movie, uh, Craig's little uh, hidey hole is at Down Street Station, mm. which is close to where Churchill's war rooms were. Right. But there's also a geographic disconnect because Down Street is actually on the western end of Piccadilly, so it's nowhere near Charing Cross, right. which is where the rest of the movie is set. I, no, I mean, I agree. London's a... Yeah, London. No, there is a hidden London that's interesting. And I think um, that's, it's, a, it's a good starting point for 
movie. Let's let's yeah, let's, let's, let's have a horror movie set down there because it's all no. See, I don't say let's have a charming children's fantasy thing where now a little kid discovers a hidden train <laughs> that, that drives to different disused down different used That's, tunnels. That sounds terrifying. No, no, because the child, no, get on my train. No, because all the disused no, because the stations would come alive at night. Not the stations. They would. They, I don't mean they would actually come alive. They, 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 London would come alive at night, and the little elves and and pixies would go about their shopping or something. And this is what the and but then would be threatened by a goblin or something. That would be nice and charming, and you know, a bit like Harry Potter and a what's, bit like the Neverending Story. What's this movie called then? It would be called A Lovely Time Underground <laughs> in London. <laughs> I don't know. It would be called the Doctor MacGuffin's MacGuffin of Delight or something like that. <laughs> that sounds like a dessert. It, it does a bit, or you know, some. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what I would. If I, yeah, Hidden London. Is sort of fantasy whimsy, or but but it's the hidden, it's the hidden history. The idea that down there is this, as well as all these you know wartime bunkers and corridors full of endless files. There's also some weird medical facility where they were experimenting on children for some reason that's never yeah. explained. And yeah. there's lots of embryos in jars. Yeah. And and all the all the doors are bricked up. Yeah, there was a, an originally scripted another opening sequence that was to have been done all in one shot of the facility being evacuated and children being picked up by people in like hazmat suits and the sirens going and lights flashing and suddenly and everyone clearing out and the camera slowly pans across to a cupboard that's slightly open and inside you can see a little tiny deformed boy. Well, that would have given the game away, I suppose. So yeah. I can understand why you wouldn't do that. But yeah, again, there are, there are horrors where you don't get things explained, and that increases the horror. And I don't know. I, I as a, I mean, as I said, it's my least favourite genre because that? because I always feel that you have to take a at some point they'll stumble in either the characters have to do something ridiculous or the thing has to be sort of I, I, and the thing is even though I, I don't mind fantasy or sci-fi or anything like that I don't like supernatural stuff because it just when you decide oh, I'm not going to play by that rule then you need to have a very good script director you need to have a good setup to make sure you don't just break through other kind of sensible barriers Right. Right. So, I mean, there are things like, you know, if you've been watching Alien, and right towards the end, the alien had grown wings. That's the point where you think, hold on, no, 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 that's that's bonkers. Right. You don't think, you don't stop to think, yeah, but it's about an alien on a spaceship. Years in the future, there's a robot. Like, do you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. there's, I, I can't remember the, the name of the term for it, but, but. I, I always think with horror you've got to be very very steady uh, unless you with you've got to be very very steady so that you don't break the suspension of disbelief right. I suppose and I don't think the vast majority of horrors 
manage it very well. There's always the, th the, the, the creature that comes back at the last minute, of the, which I was very pleased not to see in this film. The creature just dies, and that yeah. is it. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just think as a, as, a, as, a, as a genre, I'm all, like, whenever I watch these films, I'm always, or almost always, disappointed, or I get to the point where I think, ah, I'm done now. I don't like that. I can supply you with a list of good, good, high-quality horror movies. Have you okay. seen the Have you seen The Shining? That's a good place to see. Yeah, I think it's rubbish. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> All right then. No, I do, I, but that's the thing. I think I think it's. Um, uh, I I don't like. Okay, right. It's not rubbish. It's clearly not a rubbish film, but I don't enjoy it in any right. way. You you struggle to engage with it. Yeah. I think um, a lot of Kubrick's films are quite uh, sterile. It's not the right word. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean. Cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are. They are almost all like that. And um, I, I mean, I saw The Shining a long, long time ago. I really can't. I mean, when I was pretty young, so I don't. I mean, it probably wasn't the best way of getting into that film. Maybe I should watch it again. But I do remember th just sort of thinking, well, I'm, I'm bored. Cinematography is not enough to make a film, and you know, okay, fair enough. He's amazing at lighting and and framing pictures and things like that. Mm. But that there's a difference between being a good piece of art and something I actually want to watch. There's loads of rubbish films that I like watching. I mean, that's true for everyone, right? Like, I'm not a, sp a special case or anything, but there are some films where, okay, even if everybody acknowledges that this is a brilliant work of art. I still have no intention of putting it on anytime soon, and I didn't, you know, I didn't enjoy it the first time. Mm. I'm not going to plow another couple of hours into it. Um, also, I mean, it was completely ruined by The Simpsons taking the mick out of it yeah. all the time. So, you know, I can't really watch it with any uh, sort of serious uh, intent, I suppose. Um, but anyway, so I mean, just horror in, in general, I always sort of think. Did I'm you know that? Did you know that there is a new Blair Witch movie coming out? Uh, yeah, sort of surprise uh, Blair Witch. Yeah. Movie. And by all accounts, it's very scary. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's directed by Adam Wingard, who has uh, done a few films recently. Uh, You're Next. The, Ge the, the Guest, which is not a horror movie. It's more of a... That's supposed to be great as well. Uh, yeah, it's... It's sort of a bit of an eighties throwback. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's Dan kind of Stevens, like yeah, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey, as a sort of ex-military psycho. Very odd casting, but it actually works really well. Well, I mean, because I mean, I've I've seen one episode of Downton Abbey. So. I, I haven't seen any. I've got to admit, but I, but I do appreciate that they're actors. And that they yeah, don't, they don't really live in. An English country mansion, but um, the idea that he's apparently very, very good in Downton Abbey and was very, very popular, and there's this playing a, a creepy nutcase who goes around menacing well, people. The next thing he's in is uh, Legion, which is uh, which is what? The, oh, it's, is it an exorcism the, thing? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's uh, uh, an X Men thing. Oh, this oh. TV series that's not Fox, or is it Fox? There are a number of them that aren't Fox. No, but it's not. It's not. Oh, it's it's the, it wouldn't the be TV Fox, wouldn't it? Because it's 20th Century Fox. It's the movies. I think it's, a, uh, it's not ABC. 
Is it? I can't because remember the have, setup for it. ABC's Disney and they own Marvel, so it's not likely to be that. No, it's not, but I, I can't remember the precise arrangement. But anyway, I'm just saying he's... But anyway, he's, he's in it. He's in it. Yeah, he's in it. Anyway, I can't remember. Why were we talking about Dan Stevens? Because um, he's great. Because, because he was in a movie directed by the guy who done the, the new Right, okay, movie. okay. So, like, so... Blair Witch. Um, again, would you, would I have, you be interested in seeing this new Blair Witch movie? No. Because... Because of the supernatural element that you... Did, that you you can't really get. Yeah, you can't really sort of find the thing in it that you find, that one would engage with. Yes, yes. The, the problem I have with supernatural stuff is it doesn't matter what happens to the characters because it's it's supernatural. Because you can, because you can make up a rule. Yeah, you can make up a rule, but also okay. also you're just then at the start of a you're just in a world that that oh, it just has werewolves in it or something. Ah, oh, well, okay, that's fair enough, but. Um, then there's no reason that you couldn't have a film which is, in all other respects, like an episode of Downton Abbey, but at the end, a vampire bites the main guy's head off. Like, all right, well, that... All right, I, I would have watched more than one episode of that. That would be good. <laughs> See, again... But, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's very difficult to sort of have a satisfying horror film for me. Like, did you watch uh, the, the... Is it The Woman in Black? Or is it The Lady, yes. the lady in Black? The Woman in Black. The lady in red. Okay. The woman, the, right, the woman, the woman in black, black with with um, Daniel Radcliffe and based on the, the Susan Hill novel. Yes. 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 I liked that. I thought it was very well shot. I thought it was very scary. I thought it was well acted. I really didn't like it. It left a very sour taste in my mouth because, and I think I might have talked about this before, they do everything right. They kind of uncover the mystery. They try and help out, and it turns out. Oh, it's just a vengeful ghost. Yeah, there's there's no there's no escape route yeah. for the characters, and that can kind of work in a short story. I definitely think, or even maybe a long like a longer mm. novel. Just this idea of it's just relentless, and the point is not to solve it. But in a two-hour movie, you just end up thinking, well, that that was a lot of struggle for. Like you didn't. It's not that the goodies have to win necessarily, but you have to. It's quite a bold move to get to the end of a movie and be like, "There's no." Well, way it, di- out. it didn't matter. It didn't matter how much you tried. It was the same as if you just fallen off your bike, right, and died. It, you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. un- unless unless the mystery that you uncover is so amazing that you can just sort of say that in itself is worth discovering. Which in this case, I felt well. No, the mystery is just to propel you forward into the, some conclusion. But if the conclusion is, well, then she killed him anyway. All right, okay. Well, I guess I'll go home now. But, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That that, that feels. I, I I do appreciate that you don't want to always go down this, the route of you know. Well, in the end, you know, Darth Vader gets killed and the Death Star blows up and yeah. the goodies win. But, you know, too much of that is also a bad thing, I suppose. But. Um, I guess you do want some sort of not feel good as such, but the the thing with with horror is that there's a lot of uh, quite a lot of the time there's a sort of morality tale of some description, yeah, kind of in there, and indeed with other films. But if your morality is essentially <laughs> don't try and help, it's pointless. <laughs> so I think, oh well, well she was just a horrible ghost then. I guess she deserves to suffer all those terrible things. That's uh, that's what it really made me think. It's like, well, 
okay, your child died, but I guess you were such a terrible, terrible ghost that I don't care. That's, I mean, maybe you're a terrible, terrible person as well in life. Maybe that's why the child died. Yeah. It's, it's just weird, you know, it's not that... It's, the morality that's built into it can be troubling. I mean, the mora- it's kind of absent here. Well, I think the, uh, that Creep is trying to make a few gestures in certain directions. I mean, there's the, there is stuff about the homeless characters who it would have been easy to, I think, make them obvious caricatures. Yeah. And it doesn't. It actually makes the effort to give them characters and give them lives. And it's the station security supervisor who is the caricature. Yeah, but again, it's a tricky one if you have caricatures and then people who are a bit more well-rounded. Yeah. Because then you feel like they're not living in the same universe. Well, the security guard was a bit. I mean, not terribly, but but it was a little bit. He was a sort of. He was. He's probably used to dealing with homeless. He said, "Oh, you could have a gang of crack addicts down there." So he's probably used to dealing with. Yeah, but because it was done in such a cartoonish way. But then, when the guy's body is dragged out, and he realizes, "Oh, right, I've got to do something," and he immediately sort of is about to go into action, and then it no, gets but his face he has a kind off. of weird cartoonish reaction to the the rats, and then. Yeah, you're right. Creepy guy is uh, in the security office as well. And then again, it's that sort of thing of, well, you can teleport, essentially. You can, like, plot teleportation. You can be where you need to be at any moment. Yes, and that's true. You know, again, again, it's it's just the idea of, if you're going for a tone, go for that tone. If you have cartoons and realistic characters in some sense... It's quite. It's just tricky. It, it 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 takes longer for you to bed in with with what you think the film's doing. And some confusion is good if it's deliberate. Some confusion is just. I'm not sure you've thought this out properly. Mm. So, uh, you know, again, I think you could have had a. Yeah, you could have had maybe a more interesting film if. Again, I think you you cut the, start of it off. You cut the terrible, uh, credits off. The, the intro credits. What's wrong with the credits? It's just sort of blurry women being chased down a tunnel. You, it, it, The thing is, it doesn't confound expectations at all. You think, all right, I'm in for a cheap horror film. Well, okay. I'm just saying, I'll, I'll recut it, right? The intro credits will be over sort of busy nightlife of London, everything sort of thriving, everything bouncing, everything, you know, you know, uh, jumping music, that sort of stuff. Right. We'll have a bit more of the party scene. I'm sure there's unused film somewhere, and that's how we'll establish it. Like, this is a fun thing. It's happening. You're, you think she? Yep. She, you're, you're invested. Like, she's going to go off and shag George Clooney. Good character motivation. That, and then everything falls apart. Hmm. I'm not sure that I. I. I can see your point about starting in one genre and then shifting it dramatically but Even you're, kind if, of, you're kind of cheating your own audience then I'd say because it's as if you've sold them a romantic comedy or something like that whatever it is that you, you're you pretending it to, it to be yeah because you'd have to kind of publicise it as that as well yep and then but we publicise it just with Sean Harris in full makeup yeah but with like love parts around him 
people like I don't understand exactly. People yeah. will like that. Yeah. No, um, you're right. Okay. The, I suppose maybe that, it just feels weird to sort of prime everybody and be like, right, it's going to be a scary film. But that that's you know you know that that the party scene is at odds with what everything else is. But that's setting up character. I mean, it's uh, if well, then it has to be good, right? And I felt that I felt that all really flat and kind I, of. I thought it was. It's set up that she's a bitch basically because she, she is. Her relationship with Guy, the office rapist, yeah, um, and her motivation into going off into the tube. Oh no, it was quite good getting her to the tube. I thought that was fine. No, I, I mean I thought that it it was fine. It, it, the, the pieces were the there. construction. The construction was fine. I just thought it was really flat and kind of yeah, it's flat pack. Well, okay, <laughs> oh dear, furniture jokes. <laughs> yeah. All is popular furniture jokes. Um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I mean, there's no point, you know, doing it down too much. But I just thought, it's, I mean, I mean, I can definitely understand why horror is is the go-to thing for low-budget stuff because it sells. It, it sells, but also you you can do it on a low budget. Yeah, you can do something where people are alone in the dark and you don't need uh, extras and you don't need uh, a massive set or anything like that. And I did, I did think, you know, the bits where they're just kind of running through, you know, various um, corridors and uh, stuff like that. I mean, the thing that I always, again, I can't stop my brain just going, well, I would do this, or I would do this, or why hasn't this happened already? So you have difficulty suspending a disbelief? Um, yes, when it, when, because things like that really try and set up this idea of, here's, some, here's something that maybe it could happen to you. Like, well, I would have pulled all of the fire alarms. That's what I've started with. And every time she ran past the fire alarm, I just thought, smash that, pull that. Eventually, some people are going to come. And even if nobody comes because you explain it by like, oh, no, the fire alarms have been cut. At least you mention that. At least it's in there. But just going, oh, just I'll run around. I'll come. Oh, no, it's a locked door. Ah. Well... You've run past several other things. And I know it's because you can't really pull the fire alarms at Charing Cross Tube Station. It's not all right. But I just kept thinking, things like that really make, you know, it hard to... Again, with things like monster movies, I find the same thing because I don't like it when you just get a monster that's just immune to bullets. Like, fuck, well, that's not... That's not scary, that's magic. Well, not necessarily, but... It doesn't take a huge effort of writing to get around that problem. Like no, in, it should Like in the original Alien, they don't have weapons on their spaceship exactly, because, because they're truckers. That's absolutely them. brilliant. And even Alien 3, which is not they, always they, they don't have weapons they don't have, because it's a prison. Yeah, and they, and they, and they try. I mean, they've got scissors and they've got an act, fire axe and things like that. So yeah. they, they, they try. And that makes it scary because... They've only got the absolute... They've got, got they, like... It's like short-range weapons. You have to get really close yeah, to the creature. Yeah, you and they're not... And, and it's absolutely fine to have a creature that is stronger and faster. Because in the same way, you could make a film... I mean, I mean, imagine a film which was set, I don't know, somewhere, and there was... <laughs> imagine a film that was set somewhere. <laughs> imagine a film, if you would, that was set, set on somewhere air. At, a, um, at a period no, but, in time. No, but, but in the sense that you could have an animal... Like, if there was a tiger that was actively trying to hunt you down, 
that would be absolutely terrifying if you don't have a weapon. The grey, the the amnesia from that a bear. No, the the wolves. Or a wolf. Or a wolf. Multiple wolves. Oh, yes, yeah. that is scary. Uh, and, if, and if, if you're against, if the, the main character is up against something that a, a strong or more powerful enemy, mm. because then you've got them fighting against the odds. Yeah. And here you've got the same thing, because Craig knows, knows the underground, he's yeah. all kind of creepy and rat-like, and Kate's totally out of her depth. Yeah. And George is out of his depth, because he, he doesn't even want to be there, and he's only been working in sewers for one day. Yeah, and, and so that it's fine in that sense. The, the fact that it's still a person, albeit some sort of strange mutant, guy. mutant thing. Again, I mean, he's deformed. That doesn't make him bad. No, but he's been living in there in isolation for like 20 years. Yeah, but what's he been doing in all that time? Why is now his murder rampage? I would like he's to see... He's just gone out, because as, 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 as Arthur mentions, he's only just managed to get through that brick wall out into the sewer. You think that's the... Oh, okay. He's only recently managed to get out to the outside world. I mean, it does raise questions of what he's been eating and drinking since then. Yeah. Hmm. But, um... A, a movie like this, it's... I don't think... It's not asking you to engage with it intellectually. Obvi- ob- obviously, like, obviously. No, okay. But it, it's as if it's saying you don't we don't expect you to examine this too closely. No, I, and I can understand that lots of people like things like this for the experience, in yeah. the same way of going on a roller coaster or, uh, you know, going into a ghost train, yeah, uh, haunted house type thing. Yeah, I think maybe I just can't shut that part of my brain off, where I just think, "Well, I did this. <laughs> I want this to happen," or it's unfair that that magic book. As someone things, but that's no. that's a, there's no magic. No, but you know that sort of thing was. Oh, they they said a spell. No, one of them's a zombie. I kind of think, oh, that's unfair. <laughs> that's not like. Have you seen Dawn of the Dead? Uh, yes, the the original one. Yeah. Actually, hold on. No, no, I haven't. Sorry, I'm thinking of what's the sequel? Day of the Day Dead. of the Dead. Sorry, it's Day of the Dead. I've seen. Yeah. Sorry. And what did you think of that one? Um, Again, sort of, you know, you like the construction, but you just couldn't buy into it. No, actually, I quite liked Day of the Dead. See, that's the thing, because the, those movies, the George Romero zombie movies, they're more interested in how the characters respond to the situation and the environment. The, I would say that's true. So the, the thing is, so certainly the, the Snyder remake... Yeah... But the thing is, right, it's not terrible. What happens is it takes any any levity out of it at all. And I think actually that's the problem. He, he actually tries to treat it sort of realistically. And so I suppose in some way I've got my comeuppance there because that makes for a not fun film. I just remember watching that and thinking, I'm not having any fun watching Well, no, this. Zack Snyder's films are very po-faced. Yeah, but I do think perhaps when I watched the original, because it's quite old, there was part of me that was just thinking... It's just a window into another world in that sense. I think the remove of so many years. So, right, you've you've seen both versions of Dawn of the Dead, then. Yeah, yeah. The 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 one in the shopping centre. Yep. Yeah. The Zach, yeah. The Zach's, right, because you said just said that you hadn't seen it. No, 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 no. I said. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's that's Day of the Dead, isn't it? No. 
So what's the very first Romero one? Night of the Living Dead. Oh, right, okay, sorry. Okay, I'm wrong then. It's Night of the Living Dead, I haven't seen it. All right, okay. But you have seen both versions of yes, Dawn yes, of the Dead yes. in the shopping centre. Okay. Okay. I think I also have seen Day of the Dead. The one in the underground bunker. Yes, that's good as well. That is good. That's good. Anyway, sorry, yes, okay. But those, yeah, those are more about people responding to that environment. And the original, Dawn of the Dead, has a lot of humour and it has a lot of room for yes, satire. Yes, yeah. And it's a very thoughtful movie as well as having a lot of scary stuff and a lot of action. Yes. But when I, it was released in Italy, it was recut as an action movie. I mean, I think the thing is, again, it's that remove of time means that... And also because I don't know lots of the actors in it. Mm. And also because I, I think there is a sort of a move towards making all action people look pretty much the same. It's very kind of homogenous in some ways. But so I think there's lots of cool things about about um, older films where the actors look like people. The, the actors look like people, but also because I don't know them or necessarily know the work, or again, you're just slightly removed from it. You don't know who's that going to die next, and you don't know which bits you're supposed to pay attention to necessarily. There's lots of things when... There's lots of modern movies where you can essentially tune out of what some of the actors are saying because you're thinking, well, your character's clearly going to do this. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Like, you're just there to fulfil that particular role within the narrative. It really doesn't matter what you're saying. Whereas Whereas if you don't know who the actors are and you don't know what's going to happen, you sort of think, well... You've got to engage you a little bit more. Like I, like, I always think the thing is brilliant. And of course, Kurt Russell, massive movie star, still going strong. But watching the thing when I did, again, ages ago, I, don't, I didn't know who anybody was. And I didn't know what was going on. And the people looked kind of ordinary. And you don't know who's safe and you don't know who's going to die next. And, uh, and um, I think that's kind of important. Whereas, I don't know if you see, it's a film with George Clooney and five other people that you don't really know. Okay, well, I mean, the, the other twist might be that George Clooney dies first, and that's like the big oh, thing. Oh, like Executive Decision. Like Executive, or um, A Deep Blue Sea with Samuel L. Jackson, oh, kind yeah. of famous. Yeah, so that's another way you can go. So there's, a few of, there's a few of those. Yeah. But it's, but it's being done deliberately to subvert the expectation of the audience rather than feeling yes. more naturally yeah. uh, evolving out of the story. Yeah. So again, I mean, in this, uh, in Creepy, you don't expect Kate to... Get killed. Get killed, <laughs> because she's the focal point. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's also the most famous. But, okay, well, it but depends how familiar you are with the, the stage. Okay, because right, Kate Campbell enough, is the star enough. of the movie. Right, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky one for me. I, I, I just, I would not, I would not go and watch a horror film at the cinema. I mean, I don't. Even I always, if I'd recommended it. I don't think so. I <laughs> think. Okay, in fairness, I'm recommending this, and you hate I, it. So no, and the thing is, I don't hate it enough. I just, it, it was very much like, like a kind of video game type thing. With As actual it, levels, in fact. Yeah, and and just the sort of... It's just disposable. Like, it's not going to teach me anything. I don't have a problem with it being disposable. I mean, 
the whole, my feeling is it's just a really good example of a, a modern B movie. And yeah. it's really efficient in what it's trying to achieve. And there's no, I mean, there is some stuff about, you know, thinking about the homeless and, and treating them as real people with problems that deserve consideration. Yeah. And not just as empty ciphers. And the, at the end, when Craig is killed and has his throat ripped out, there is a moment between him and Kate where she seems to pity him because. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, at the all. thing is, it's as if the homeless characters have been dealt a bad hand by life. One could one could say, maybe that that could be what happened. They just they've had a they got a bad hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's exactly the same with Craig. But he never stood a chance because of how he came into the world. But she doesn't know the story there. That's, that's, that's the problem I have with that. No. She doesn't know what's going on. She's seen a picture of him. She's seen the horrible sort of hospital. Oh, yeah. And uh, she sees the, the, all the... The, 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 the and the, the, and, the, and the, the cots with the little name tags yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. And she sees his name tag. Yeah. So she's... I think mentally she's joined it all together that he's the result of some kind of experiment. Yeah, but she does that always while running away in terror. So it, it just doesn't... There's no time where you relax and you... But you do get that right at the end. When she's, when she's just looking down and thinking... You... After everything, you poor creature... You don't. You don't know what you're doing is terrible, and you. And I don't know. I think at that point, it. I don't know. Because I think at that point, it, it's so clearly established as a monstrous thing that it it just it becomes just the enemy. Because that, it's not that, because because that makes it so much less interesting though, because that. that uh, just saying, oh, that he's just uh, he's just a monster guy. No, 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 I d- no, no, I, I, no. I think I think you want to bring that sort of uh, empathy in some sense, but I, I I just think it didn't sit very well the way the film was shot. I suppose I I, I didn't I didn't buy into it because um, because of, apart from anything else, the end bit is him punching her, so it's not like. It's not like she flees and then she turns the tables and, and traps him and that's the, the kind of... Um, Resolution. Th- that's, the way, that's the sort of the, the, the breath where, you, where the tempo comes down a bit and she sort of observes him. The, the, the end bit is he's punching her and she lashes out with the thing she has within reach. That's what slows it down. I mean, I realise that's a, a kind of minor quibble, but I, while I was watching it, I was thinking, this is not a bit where... She's turning the tables as such, apart from through that sort of panicky lashing out, and so again, it's just it's it's you're right. You 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 want that bit at the end where there's a connection of some sort, and it doesn't isn't just the monster. You definitely want that, but what I'm saying is, you you don't want the preceding scene to be the monster just punching a woman. No, but he he doesn't know any better. No, but that, but that, I think that's irrelevant because that, that that's that's true for the character, right? But it's not good for the audience to be watching that right. sort of thing. You have to, yeah, yeah. You're right. When I 
in my own but again in my own writing, I do think about how you how you have to modulate for the audience. You have to kind of almost like surf the tone, okay, to get the kind of reaction that you want. Yeah, and you can't have it. You can't have it too jarring. So I see a point though. With, you know. But it's but it's kind of folds back on the beginning again, in a way because you know you've got Craig punching Kate and then maybe you're supposed to feel sympathy for her, and then at the beginning of the movie you've got Guy attacking her, and then he's horribly injured and and she feels a, a degree of pity or compassion for him just because he's someone in need of medical care. Yeah, but I don't think you. I don't think you're supposed to leave the film thinking, oh, Kate's a good person. You're supposed to leave the but film thinking, I should think more about... Homeless people. Well, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that seems trite, but it's... It's, 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 it's it, a fair it, enough as a yeah, moral. I mean, it, it's not... Yeah, it, it's, you've got to think about... Uh, the idea that you would feel as if maybe you should be more compassionate and, and kind of not judge people... Yeah, uh, necessarily based on how they look or whatever. Because but, because Craig is someone who grew up grew up without any kind of compassionate influence. Yeah, but but he himself, I mean, he he's, he's a movie monster, so he's deformed and things, and that has nothing to do with if somebody's deformed. It has nothing to do with their uh, morals necessarily. Well, necessarily. In, in horror movies, it's anything it, to but do with it, that. But, well, that's the thing. In horror movies, it absolutely does. And in Bond movies as well, you know, you can't have a, you can't just have a baddie. He's got to be a baddie with a scar. As if a facial scar is, you know, but 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 again, I think it's it's. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, this is a whole other thing, you know, a whole other kind of worms you could open up about uh, sort of violence towards women in horror films. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if there's less than fifty master's theses written on it, I would be surprised. But it, it did make me. I can't. It didn't even make me feel queasy. It just made me feel bored. Like. It's, oh, I know this is a rubbish way of... It's very... Well, yeah, it's very rote. Yeah. Um, because we're so familiar with that. Yeah. Which probably shouldn't be the case. No, no, absolutely. But that, but that's, that, that is the, the problem. When you do these things, after a while, they become boring, and that's mm. dangerous in, in some ways because yeah. you're, you're, you're bored by unpleasant things rather than kind of horrified. Well, it's, uh, it's assuming that you would have a different reaction to seeing a dramatisation of something as opposed to seeing that in real life. Yeah, but... Yeah. Because I think the healthy response is that you would have a different reaction. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, violence in movies or video games translates to violence in real life. Not in a healthy person, no. No. But even, even when they do try to sort of apply it to... to well, anyway, anyway, that's that's maybe something uh, for a big long discussion well, so, so with with better qualified people the, possibly. Uh, the, the, but the counter example I always like to cite is that Jeffrey Dahmer's favourite movie was Return of the Jedi because he loved the way that the Emperor exerted all his power over people. Right, and found exactly. that really influential. So, if someone is disturbed enough, they will get their inspiration from yeah, okay. anywhere. Okay, so, but 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 you're right. Rot is the the right way it's, it, of describing it. It's it's. You know, it it's not enough that guy's just a dick. He has to be a rapist. He has to be a rapist, and and the um, the stuff with Mandy in the kind of hospital. 
it's just yeah that's I don't know I, I really did fi- I, I, I really do find it it's unpleasant but, but I find it boring and I find myself thinking oh let's get to the next scene because because I don't like I don't want to see it I don't want to no. see, see this it's unpleasant but also this is rubbish like this is just kind of cheap and nasty it doesn't tell like it doesn't tell me anything well, the the only bit I mean, the actually the only bit I did like about it is when he was putting on the gloves and he yeah, couldn't get his fingers in one of them. And I thought, okay, well, it's it. He's he's co- going through the motions of copying how the doctors would get ready for yes. operations by washing their hands. And there's no water coming out of the tap, but it's yes. still lining as there is, and putting on the gown and putting on the gloves, which are old and falling to bits. Yes, and he, and and I said you can't get them on properly, so there's like three rubber fingers pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah, and I thought, oh well, they'll, they'll cut much sooner than they did. Yeah, but then they left it in right as far as they could until yeah, yeah. he and shoves it, the knife yeah. inside her. It and that turns it into nasty rather than there's a kind of weird grotesque humour almost up until that point yeah I think as if, it, if maybe they cut as he's sort of standing over her as if he's like ready for an operation with the big knife and then you cut to the next scene yes I think then you could, it, would have, it would have just balanced the, the grotesque humour yes. and the fact that oh no he's a monster who's about to do something really horrible yeah we're not yeah. going to see it yeah um, that whole sequence quite quite horribly they didn't tell the actress playing Mandy what they were going to do they shot the whole thing as one take and they gave her a safe word so that if Sean Harris did anything that was really really worrying for her <laughs> she could just stop the take straight away but they, otherwise they just didn't tell her what he was going to do just just try acting next time I mean it's I just I think that's a valid approach no I think that's well, I mean, it could be. Said, there, said there was a safety valve. It was a safe word. Yeah. She ended up not using because, yeah. you know, it was all fine. It was all, you know, yeah. perfectly, you know, perfectly safe. It's not a snuff movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, fair enough. If that's what it took, and if she's all right with it, that's fine. But again, I, I again, I just found myself thinking, get on with it. Let's let's get to the next bit. Mm. Um, Did you think? How? I mean, it's a short movie. It's around twenty-one minutes, including the credits. Yeah, but again, did you horror feel films tend to be a bit like that, don't they? Well, slasher kind of films. Yeah, you get, they can't, it's quite hard to sustain them because it's tension. Yeah, and it's the same with comedies as well because it's it's a heightened uh, emotional state. Yeah, I think that, and so you can't. There are very few comedies over two hours that work. Mm. Okay. And I can only think of one horror movie over two hours that actually works. It's actually Dawn of the Dead. And Slum Like It Hot is a, a classic horror movie, but it's actually got quite a complicated story. Classic horror movie? Sorry, comedy. <laughs> um, classic horror classic movie. Classic horror movie. Slum Like It Hot. About a man falling in love with Marilyn Monroe, but he's already dressed as a woman. Well, they're on the run from the mob. They're they? on the run from the mob, and the movie starts with people being machine gunned. Wow. As far as I can remember, it's like the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. It's the only Disney movie that starts with a child being hanged. Oh, right. So I thought you meant machine guns. No, I haven't seen that particular oh, movie, but it seems. It's not very good, but it's, it's a Disney movie that starts with a child being hanged. Well, children have it too. 
Easy. <laughs> Actually, do you know what though? I it's bad the rope and spoil the child. No, I don't think you should tell kids that they're going to be. Ha- don't threaten your kids with hanging. No, but, but it's a kids' film, right? Kids, I, I oh. think kids do. Well, okay, okay, maybe. It goes I don't. Off I, think, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. I okay. don't know who it's aimed at. But I, when I was a kid, I would want to see kids. Being hanged? No, no, no. But uh, not necessarily being hanged. But you want, if you're a kid, you're very it's selfish. Peril. You want to see kids in peril, and you want to see what kids are up to in that kind of world. I guess this falls on its face because it's about Johnny Depp running around, right? So you, okay, but yeah. although you've got to also have, I guess maybe in some ways you've got to have an adult who can have sort of adult fun in the sense that he can get his ship and he can shoot things and stuff. I, I just think there is. Huge problems with all the the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels because they don't know what they're trying to do or who they're aimed at. Okay, that, that's a discussion for another time. Maybe we'll do that as an underrated no film. No, because they are pretty much all terrible. Apart the first one isn't the first one's great. Okay, I think there's the consensus. The first one is a really good movie, but with the sequels, they thought, yeah, you know what people really liked? It wasn't all like the action or the um, the like you know the the spooky zombie sailors or Johnny Depp being funny. No, it was the overcomplicated pirate mythology and the love story between Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley. That's the part that people really liked. That's why I was invested in the first one. Which is why this which is why two and three are full. I'd quite like to see the, I'd like to see the fourth one. Still maintain I it's might not be very in good. It. It's the where they decide that Jack Sparrow can carry a movie on his own. So you've got the crazy zany character is the audience identification yeah. figure and there's no normal person but I might be in it in a sweeping shot I know someone who's in it as me the, the, no the same guy who did ADR um. on Back in Business also works as an extra and he's in Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides is he did a little, let's watch that did a little walk on bit no don't it's not I might it. be I might be looking out a window at you Johnny Depp in one of the sweeping not. shots you're definitely not are you sure Kirsty might be in it actually because they filmed it around there that's where I was we're down in Greenwich. Oh, you? Oh. Yeah, I was having a training day, and they made us shut the curtains because uh, they were doing sweep, the pirates because they were doing sweeping shots, and uh, we agreed. And then we opened the curtains back out and looked at Johnny Depp. It was quite exciting. Although we couldn't tell if it was him, or for a lot of it, it was his stuntman. And then you could tell that it was Johnny Depp for some of it. It was probably his stuntman. It was his stuntman for a lot of it, and then but you could tell the bit when he swapped over. Well, I. That's a, that's a terrible story. It's let's cut all of this out. No, let's leave it in. Okay. Stories of fame and fortune. Um, they made a fifth one, you know. Oh, I'm not in that. It was supposed to come out or this year. Or am I? It was supposed to come out this year, but they put it off by a full year. That's the that's the CG. That's to edit me out of all the shots. Yeah. I just followed the crew around. You're now. playing a little monkey. I am playing a little monkey. Who saves the day? Anyway, how did we get up to this from Creve? Uh, Children being hanged. Children being hanged. (laughs) Yes, hang more children at the start of every film. It should have been the logo of the Children's Film Foundation. The child hanged. I don't think that's true. It should have been. It should have. It wouldn't have been. No. 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 I know. I understand. But I'm disagreeing. I'm saying I don't think it should have been. I've I've managed to get hold because they've started releasing them on DVD occasionally, and I saw a couple of them. And they were the ones that I remember watching when I was little. The Sammy Super T-shirt and Glitterball, which is about some ball bearings from space. 
And I mean, I can hear that you're speaking English, but I, I don't know what's happened in that last 30 <laughs> seconds. It's like... It's like we opened a doorway into another thing where... Into another universe where you... Yeah, I don't understand. You watched a film about Paul Bearings. Yeah, it's Sammy's Super T-shirt, which is about a boy whose lucky T-shirt gets accidentally irradiated so he can run really fast when he wears it. This sounds... Amazing? No. Or terrible? Uh, well, if you're it? about six, then it's great. But if you're a grown-up, no, no, like, I would watch it again. No, if I was six, that would be boring. But now I'd be like, yeah, I'd watch a super t-shirt <laughs> And uh, Glitterball about some ball bearings from space. Well... Who come down and roll around and make a little whistling noise. Again, I feel like I've fallen through a trapdoor into an universe and you've started speaking, but... It's not it a, just doesn't have any purchase on the mind. It's not a movie that's aged terribly well. Okay, no, okay. Um, do you think Creep is an appropriate title for this film? Um, Before you answer that, are you impressed that I'm generating all these talking points without having any notes whatsoever in front of me? You should to the, be. To, wait, no, hold on, which, how, which order? Um, impressed? Second. No, because I know your brain, and so I just assume this is part of the course. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, title because um, it's a bit generic I think it is very generic it's also yeah it is generic and it's it's just a bit um, they did come up with some alternative titles oh Cellar Dweller no that is terrible yes I agree um, well do you know I mean first of all it doesn't take place in the cellars. No, it doesn't. So that is terrible. Uh, runt? No, because there aren't. There's only Craig, so it, it's. Well, there's but well, yeah, but there were several. Yeah, but but, but, but there's only Craig there, yeah. so it, it just doesn't yeah. really work as a. The I came up with the title. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I think if we could come up with alternative uh, title. Down. Hmm. Dead air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I can see what you're going for there. You um, want it to be short, you want it to be punch into the point, and you want it to feel kind of ominous. What? I've forgotten her name there. I've I forgotten her name? No, no, I've forgotten her name. Uh, Kate, the actress plays Kate. Oh, Franca Potenta. Franca. Right. What's Frank's character's name in, in Born? Marie. Marie. I would have this to be a prequel to the Born identity. This is the reason where Marie goes back to Germany. I see. And she's traumatised by this. And it doesn't get referred to. In fact, I think that's how people should watch it. As a this, Born prequel. As a prequel to Born. And that's why she's not quite freaked out when he's like some super awesome spy dude. They can do everything. Okay, so when he's dangling from the rafters, she's like, oh yeah, it's like that monster guy. That monster guy, yeah. But he's a lot more handsome than the monster guy. He's somewhat more handsome. Matt Damon's a lot more handsome (laughs) than than Craig. Yeah. Down, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would call it The Adventures of Marie. The problem with is, though, that you don't have any poetry in your song. The, the, the Charing Cross Adventures of Kate. 
I mean, uh, you, you ask someone who watches a ghost story and say, oh, that would never happen. Uh, <laughs> I do, it's not that I would say that doesn't happen. I would say I don't like the world that exists where that does happen. Well, no, it's supposed to be scary. You're not supposed to like it. No, it's, but it's not. There's a difference it's between scary and irritated. And, and it's full of ghouls and pixies. Ghouls on the underground. Ghoul. Just call it ghoul. ghoul. But that's, again, that's really vague. Yeah. Like TFL. Um, well, what would TFL stand for? Terrible. Terror from London. London. <laughs> Terror from London. Yeah. Oh, it's political satire. So, so uh, in that case, would you prefer horror movies that ha- that are entirely real world? Like it's about a crazy man with an axe. No, that because kind of, that kind of just so that there's no, there's nothing that couldn't happen. I uh, maybe, but the thing is, I don't find crazy man with an axe particularly. The, the problem I, I would have more of a problem with that actually because if it's just a crazy man if it's just a mentally ill person then there's no there's no winning with that that's just well, the terrible things they, that happen they, you kill them or they get yeah, but I, I, okay but that doesn't help anything it does because then you're safe yeah but it's but there's no moral victory there there's just well, well maybe killed this mentally ill maybe, person that's not maybe you're being well the other day, I watched The Hitcher, which, okay, uh, not sure if that would fall into the all. That is a that's a horror film, right? Yeah, but I was thinking whether or not it, you would be forced to discount it because it's kind of weird. It's not it's not supernatural, but it feels as though it might be. But that I mean that can be good. That and, that's, be a good and, that, thing. and that's about a crazy guy targeting someone for some reason that we're never properly explained. Mm. Yeah, and it's a great and it's a great movie. It's a and it's a, it's a B movie. It's a really good solid B movie with action. But from the time when, well, what do you mean? Well. I say it's the, the Hitcher's eighties, isn't it? Eighty six. Eighty six. Oh, okay. So that's. Well, I was going to say that's not that old. It's not. It's thirty. It's thirty years, years old. old now, yeah. So. Again, I think just because thing, the kind of market has shifted. It goes back to what you were saying that there was a time when you could make you made these things and it, and, and B movies had a. They, yeah, more they of were, a place, I guess. They were, yeah, the studio's way of regular income and a way of financing mm-hmm. more prestigious, yeah. riskier projects. Yeah. And I think in the case of well, in the case of the Hitcher, it was an independent production that was sold to a studio when it was finished. So that's not quite the case. But like a producer saw the potential of this, yeah. and saying, "Oh, this is, this will be a a good commercial prospect, and I know how we can make this good." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm sure there are. Maybe I should watch more horror films to sort of. Of course, you should. Yeah. Do you think it follows? I think would be an excellent place to start. Uh, you've recommended that, and in fact, lots of people have said it's very good. It is very good. I just need to sort of sit and watch it. And I think, in terms of the whole position of women within horror movies, I think it sort of addresses that. Yeah. As as part of the the concept of the movie, very cleverly. Okay. 
but without ever sort of pushing it in your face. Not in a sort of like it, it. It never feels like it's forced. It's just yeah. a natural yeah. development of uh, the, the idea. Yeah. I mean, I do. I, I I appreciate. I mean, I can kind of hear myself saying these comments about horror movies, and I do appreciate. I do come across as a bit of a killjoy. I just find. <laughs> I just find like either. Either I do empathise with with the, the sort of monster to the point where I think, oh, I'm, I'm just bullying this mentally ill person, <laughs> or or I don't, and then I'm just like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't work. This is not real. This is <laughs> stupid. I'm taking my toys and going home. So I I do appreciate that I just sound a bit like a killjoy in some sense. But despite that, you would say that creep was well-constructed for what it was trying to do. Would you? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it made the most of what it had, and... Mm. Yeah, there's something to that. I mean, I think... I I, I, mean, I, I, could, I understand this is completely unfair, and also, sort of hindsight is twenty twenty, and also I'm just sort of sitting there in judgment saying, oh, I would do this better. But I think there were just loads of stuff, bits and bobs, throughout it where I just thought, don't do that. That's a rubbish shot, or, or, that's, well, that's boring, or, that was weirdly edited. That too. There were, there were lots of, there were quite a few bits where there were sort of strange silences, and it was they can't, you know, there'd only be two characters, so it'd be sort of A B A B A B in terms of I the dialogue, see, yeah. and I sort of thought, oh, it's kind of a bit, it's, it's a bit less in here, or you need, to, yeah, if you have scenes like that where it's just. Uh, two characters doing a back and forth you need yeah. to find a way to make it visually interesting yeah yeah. or things like right at the start where you know she's ch- she's chapping on the driver's door and at this point you don't really understand what's happening or what problems yeah. are and it kind of zooms out through the eyepiece uh, the, the, the door yeah. um, and so you see the driver's dead some sort of knife or something through, through his eye and again it was things like that where I thought you're following Kate's point of view. Don't break that, and then show oh, the outside, and then jump back. You know, don't start jumping around because you have to. You because Kate is meant to be the viewpoint character. You need to stick to that viewpoint until you're ready to change things up. But don't. Which, but, but it's a bit cheap to go. Uh oh, the driver's dead. Well, it's creepier to see a door that she can't open up. And then, and then, because immediately then she encounters um, Guy. Yeah. Maybe if um, she turns away uh, and sort of gets more of that, and then we just see there's a tiny little bit of blood seeping under the Something bed. like that, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just out, just out of her view, but not breaking that viewpoint. Yeah. Rather than being in a completely separate room. Yeah. And that dividing point. I, I agree. It's, it, it is the midpoint of the movie where you get the big clip because you you did notice that I turned to look at you just before the moment where we see the big close-up of Craig for the first time, and that's because uh, I was okay. watching to see what your reaction was, and your reaction was, uh, well, <laughs> this is complete, almost total disinterest. Um, yeah, it's again, it's just things like you know the character moving rapidly in the foreground. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the mysterious dashing back and forth figure. Yeah, gets, they do that in the thing as well. But well, maybe in a better way because you never find out who it is. Well, I've it got to admit, it, it, that mystery. 
yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I haven't noticed that that's happened, and I've watched the, the thing a number of times. So it's um, maybe it when uh, the character Fuchs, the, sci- the, sort of the little scientist with the glasses, is sort of creeping around in the dark, and suddenly someone dashes in front of the camera, um, just like that. So <laughs> that was a moth flying into my face. Um, and then uh, he and then he disappears, and the next thing you find out about him is that he's uh, burned himself to death. Okay. So we never find out who that figure was that that was running around. Right. Okay. Um, so I mean, I mean, there was a creepy bit where there were there was, so there were two creepy bits. I think one might be accidental. I'd have to go and watch the film again. The first creepy bit is when the the well, you know, it's guy eventually. Yeah. Jumps onto the train. Oh yes. And I thought, oh, that's a, that's a good different use of it. It's not something moving rapidly in front of the camera. It's something blurring, moving. In the right in the background, background, but where it's but it is still well lit, and it's moving onto the onto the situation that you think is taking her away, and you know that she's not going to be safe, like because it's a horror movie and yeah. this is just the start, so you know she's going to be taken taken into danger mm-hmm. or into a horrific situation, and that was quite a cool thing, I thought, oh, it jumps on it, like maybe that's the thing whatever it is because you kind of know there's going to be more stuff because it's kind of established already yeah. um, oh that it, it just jumps on at the last minute and now they're going to be trapped in this train or something mm-hmm. together um, so I thought that was quite good but you've already seen lots of things of you know so it's a so shadow it, moving in front of the foreground so it, that it diminished the impact of the original yeah the, the original idea yeah that, yeah um, but the other bit was when she's dragged um, Guy onto the station and she's the, the emergency call button is beside and Guy's propped up just beside a bank of uh, screens that show the feet of the security camera and it's only one shot so I'd have to go and watch it again but I, but I think in one of them you can see someone walking along the, the the corridor, or the, sorry, the platform, and I thought the whole thing that she's going to be distracted by this and is going to turn around, and you'll see, um, you'll see the, something. something, and I thought that'd be a great scary shot because it's all lit up. You think she's already running around elsewhere. There's a lot of running back and forth at that start bit, yeah, there up is. and down the stairs, and in the same section of Charing Cross Station. Um, but so, and you know that the, there is a creature or something somewhere. It's had guy at one point, and but it's you know can plot to teleport, so you know you don't know what it is. And I thought that'd be a great creepy shot right along the platform, because she has nowhere left to go at that point. She can't get back to the stairs, yeah. and so this thing could just emerge and just move towards her as slowly as it wants. And there'd be that horrible thing of, well, it doesn't matter now if the security guard believes her, or and Guy can't help, and really the only place to do would be to run into the tunnel. And I thought, well, that would be a good thing, because they've already established that the train has stopped there. Now you're kind of just going deeper and deeper into it. I mean, again, that, okay, that derails the, the rest of the way the film's set up. The thing is, though, that idea of being trapped on a train platform and a figure's walking towards you and it's going to get you. That is the climax of one of the scripts I've written, which I wrote before I saw Creep. <laughs> and you can't get out because there's a train coming the other way. Yeah. 
But that, well, that's it. That's, I mean... I thought that that's scary. It's that, like, yeah, you're, that, you're trapped, yeah. and whoever it is who's coming for you could just take their time. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was possibly a continuity error, <laughs> yeah, it's probably because just... I think it's a member of the crew uh, walking back along the corridor or something. Or I could even have... have I don't know. Yeah, it, might, it might not even be a live feed. It could just be recycled footage. Oh, like. possibly, possibly, yeah. In um, fact, it's highly unlikely to be a live feed because... I don't know, maybe it would be. Probably not, because you'd have to set monitors the right refresh rate and things like that. It would be... Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, I don't know. Um, but I, I just thought, oh, it's going to seem as if this is all taking place in the dark and stuff, but actually, it's a horror movie in the light, but you just can't get out, would be kind of... would be good. Yeah. And you'd have to be... And again, then you don't need a monster. You could just have a person. Because, you know, yeah. the, the problem with makeup effects, no matter how well they're done, is your brain eventually goes, well, there's a, there's a man in a mask. I what, think that's just you. Do you think? Because I, 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 can, I could buy into it. I don't know. Even, I, though, even, though, even though you can actually recognise Sean Harris under the prosthetics, I could still find myself buying into that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's Craig the Monster Man. Yeah, but I just think there's a, there's going to be a bit of your brain that thinks, "Wow." I tell it to shut up. I'm, okay. watching, I'm busy. I'm watching a horror movie. Okay, I think Dan Stevens could just turn off <laughs> with yeah. a tray of uh, glasses. Yeah, but all the glasses would be broken. It'd be broken glasses. He'd just stab you with a broken glass. Thanks to Ed for making the time for this recording. Cinema Limbo is now on iTunes with more than 20 episodes available, so please subscribe, download and review while you can. However, until next time, remember... Mind the gap. have been listening to Cinema Limbo, hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips, edited by Martin Fenton, with music by Philip Alderman. Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnose Podcast Network. Come and visit us at www.podnose.com. Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. Sorry, my ears just popped for no reason. Probably a monster. See, that's the thing, that would be in a horror film. But, oh, my ears just popped. I just go to the bathroom. And then, oh no, there's something in the sink that, that pulls my face off. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. Yeah.